Engineering Peace with Tom Bond is a real-life look at how peace is becoming a reality on our planet. Plus, it's a personal resource to help you create a change in your life that you'd like to see in the world. Get peacemaker updates and interviews in Tom's What Peace Sounds Like episodes. Listen to recordings from Tom's workshops, training sessions, and custom messages for listeners to help make peace a reality in our own lives. You're listening to Engineering Peace with Tom Bond. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so welcome back. I didn't realize at the time, but when I did the first feelings, needs, and a coronavirus episode, that there was another one right behind it. And so in part one, uh, which by the way, if you didn't listen to part one, please stop what you're doing because this is part two and go back and listen to part one because that'll make this part make a lot more sense. So in part one, we talked about how we personally, like internally, can relate to this experience we're all going through. And uh, we could call that really self-empathy, but we want to really think in terms of feelings and needs. In other words, how am I feeling and what need is that about? The other thing we talked about was how we deal with needs when they're not met and staying connected to those needs and mourning those needs, even in their absence. We also talked about centering ourselves in our needs, using our awareness of what it is we want to stay directed, to navigate. And we also talked about this partnership that we can create using our minds, using our brains to process that information that our bodies are giving us. So today I'd like to talk about what happens next, right? What happens after we are centered? What happens after we're connected to ourselves? Well, what happens for most of us, and um, what happened for me, and I even made mention of this in the first discussion, which was that when I self-empathize, when I give myself empathy, it puts me in a position to see others empathically. And so that's really important. I know it was something that one of my teachers, Marshall Rosenberg, told me, and he said, this is just kind of the way it is. And that is that when we need empathy, we really can't give it. And so that's why the first episode here is so important. It's really about how we look at ourselves in the empathic view. And then what generally happens is that we become interested in what's going on for others. And it's this pattern, it's this dynamic that we as humans have. And so what I wanted to talk about now is just how is it that we can see not just ourselves, but see each other empathically. And I think that's so important right now. And I think it's really important to be able to see one another empathically, even when things are happening that we don't like, or even if somebody's doing something that we really don't like. How can we change the world from everybody being upset with one another to everybody understanding one another in these hard times? So I want to talk about 14 chickens. The other day, we went to the grocery store, and there was a person in line, and they had 14 chickens in their shopping cart. They had cleaned out the meat case of chickens. I started shaking my head. 
And I was right away, like habitually went to, what's wrong with this person? Why aren't they thinking of other people? How inconsiderate, how selfish. And then I, I stopped for a second and I thought, okay, what is that? And then I, I just gave myself a moment to breathe and look at this person. And I decided, I decided to wonder what must be going on inside this person that they're doing this. And then it hit me. I mean, I could start to see it. This was fear. This person was so scared that they were not going to be able to eat or maybe feed their family that they suddenly couldn't see other people's needs. And I understand that. I know that when we are really in a panic, when things are really going sideways, it's so easy for us. And it's, in fact, it's natural for us to pay attention to ourselves. And so I can see this person differently. I don't have to see them as being inconsiderate. I mean, I can, but I also have this other choice. I can start to tune into what must be going on in there. And in this case, it was really easy to go, oh, wow, they're scared. They are so scared. And, and so I changed. I went from being a person that was thinking the, the thought or the idea of inconsiderate to a person who had some compassion for somebody who was doing something that ultimately I didn't like at all and I would never do. But yet, through that, I could still have compassion for this person. So one other thing I'd like to talk about is creativity. And, and you might be wondering, well, what do feelings and needs have to do with creativity? But what I've found out is that it's, it has a lot to do with it. It, it. it made a huge difference in my life. And that is that when I think in terms of strategies, in other words, how it is I go about meeting my needs, I start narrowing in a way the, the field of options to actions that I can think of right away. And so a process that I've learned to do is to first, before I jump into figuring out what to do, the first thing I like to do is figure out what need am I trying to meet? Now, why do I do that? Well, when I know what the need is that I'm attempting to meet, then my actions become very coordinated, very connected to that need. And so the idea is if you think of the need first, instead of the action, we open up a, a huge aspect of creativity. In its most extreme case, imagine we have one strategy that we're thinking about, right? We go right into a strategy. Should I do this strategy or not? That gives me a choice of two, do the strategy or not, two options. But if before I start thinking about the strategy, what I do is wonder, well, what need am I trying to meet here? Ideally, what is the, at the root of this? And so when I do that, I move into what I call the place of 10,000. And that is, how many ways are there to meet a need? And so as I like to always say, there's 10,000. It's been scientifically proven. Although maybe not scientifically proven, I think you get my point. There are thousands of ways 
to meet needs. There are thousands of ways to meet our need for care. There are thousands of ways for us to meet our need for love, to meet our need for creativity, to meet our need for community. Any need that we can look at is going to really help us understand the thousands of things that we can do to meet that need. And in a time like now, when we need to be creative, when we need to do things in ways we've never done them before, it is incredibly helpful. If at first we give ourselves some empathy and then figure out what need is that and then move from that place. And look, everything we do is a strategy in life. What I want to do is I want to have needs-informed strategies. And so this idea of not just moving, but giving ourselves empathy and giving each other empathy, it starts to change how it is we start going about our business. It starts making things a little more compassionate, a little more understanding, a little more effective, a little more creative. And certainly we could use all of that. So I think that does it for part two, feelings, needs, and the coronavirus. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next time for Engineering Peace with Tom Bond. You can listen and subscribe to Engineering Peace with Tom Bond on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. To donate and for more information about Tom's schedule, go to TomBond.com. That's T-H-O-M-B-O-N-D.com.